Hey everyone, and welcome to Grief Burrito. We talk games. We talk movies. And today, we're joined... And today, we're joined by the wonderful Trevor from Catching Up on Cinema as we choose our characters. Fly out to Japan! Except it's Thailand and watch movie. Street Fighter the movie! Perfect! Let's go. <laughs> Paul got weave doors ready in the back. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107. Is this seven? My name is Harrison. I'm Jordan. And, and I'm Trevor. you may notice that we've got Trevor over there. Thank you very much for diving on in. Yes. Uh, are you feeling hype? We also said last time that we were together that we were getting you hype, and I've noticed you've continued the hype train throughout your new episodes, Trevor. Oh, yes. I am the apex of hype in this moment. Nice. The hyper fighter, I hope, almost. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if any of our listeners are unfamiliar with your show, you are the host of Catching Up on Cinema, which is one of my all-time favorite movie podcasts. And I'm not saying that just because you're here and just because people are listening. I genuinely listen to your show every single week, dude. So thank you for coming on. I love it. I'm so ready. <laughs> definitely Thanks one so much of my for the kind drivers words. as well. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. After the Imbruge episode. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, we got we got to toss around some language in there that we as Americans uh, aren't usually entitled to, so we mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. took advantage of that. That's a, a point, Harrison. If we say the word yes. do we have to block, like, bleep it for this episode because the Americans? I think we do. Yeah, okay. Does on anyone three, want to get any, any out of their system? <laughs> <laughs> let's, I, hang on, let's have all have a big collective on one, two, three, and we'll say it on three like Jordan's weird thing. One, two, three. <laughs> Nice. There we go. I love got the Irish. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got the echo chamber thing in my headset, so it came out a little. E. <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's a very. <laughs> if I'm honest with you. So anyway, after that intro of just bleeps, how yes. is everyone? Everyone good? So damn good. So damn good. Um, I I want to give a bit of background in that I I guessed it on one of your episodes. I think was it? I don't even know how long. Was it months? Was it years? So, it may so have long only been a month ago. ago. Honestly, yeah, maybe a month. And uh, we were doing about tales from the shelf, but we were doing a gaming version of that episode. And you titled the episode a crazy bundle of words that I can't. Even, what was it called? Can you remember? Uh, Super Turbo Champion Edition Plus Alpha, I believe. That's it. Uh, That's the one. Which is very Street Fighter. It mm. is, and that was why I was like. There is no better person to get on to talk about our Street Fighter movie than a giant movie buff who also has the poster of M. Bison we just found out literally behind him on the camera that you can (laughs) see over there. So we thought we're going to talk about the Street Fighter movie. So we watched it this time for I, I watched it for the first proper time this week in a watch party with a load of listeners. So we invited them all onto the Discord. I we all watched it together. Hi, don't do this. But it was good fun, and we all had a is very good. Is this going to be more bleeps, and Harrison? Is this going to be me bleeping? This is going to be more things? bleeps. This is going to be more, <laughs> more bleeps. <laughs> if anyone I wants to join us for our next bleep. few, 
Pretty much, yes. Uh, I am planning on doing this again next week. We're going to do Masters of the Universe, which I also haven't seen. So looking forward to that one. If anyone wants to join in, look for the Discord link in the episode description. It'll be down there. Um, Trevor, with you being our guest, where did you first watch this film? And what were your first thoughts, if you want to give us some first impressions? Uh, well, I was born in the late 80s, and I have an older brother. Uh, so Street Fighter was kind of a big deal in our household. Like we, okay. I, I was raised with an NES in the household, and we graduate up to a Super Nintendo. But uh, Street Fighter Two was one of the first games that got brought into the home. Um, cool. And you better believe we played the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> and of course, having an older brother, you, you come across that situation where there's certain moves that are clearly written in the instruction manual, but you're like four years old, and you're too lazy to just crack that open to actually learn how to play. You just want to jump in and do it. And of course, my older brother would just not teach me every move in the game, and you know, beat my ass with the Tatsumak Senpukyak with Ken and Ryu just over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But um, in 1994, uh, when this movie came out, there was a lot of hype behind it in the states, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we had a subscription to like Game Pro or uh, Game Players, one of those magazines, if not both, and. Uh, there was like tons of articles about the making of the movie and a lot of people were sending in like fans submitted like art drawn drawn on envelopes because oh, wow. that was a thing that used to be done in game magazines back in the day you <laughs> actually send an like a piece of art on the envelope itself and then they print it in the magazine and people were were sending fan art for a movie that technically hadn't even dropped yet um, <laughs> but that just shows you how hyped they were for the movie and uh First time I ever saw it was on VHS. Uh, I didn't get to go to the theater because oh. I was a little, I was a little bit young, I think. Um, but yeah, I think the family rented it and we watched it. And honestly, it was at the time a little bit of a fart in the wind. Um, yeah, I remember really <laughs> liking the Godzilla reference at the very end because I'm a Godzilla fanatic. Yes, and yeah. as a child, that. that meant quite a bit to me that they would do that. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, like the movie didn't really resonate with me. Like it barely registered barely registered with me as a street fighter movie as a child um but i do remember being really hyped for it i'm not surprised that it barely registers a street fighter film because i don't think there is a street fight in this entire film <laughs> no they're all indoors yeah yeah exactly no one punches a car yeah yeah and oh, even in level. the prison yard that that was that was dirt that wasn't really a technically a paved street or anything. Wasn't a street with Vega yeah. with his shiv made into three blades. Yeah, the bamboo shiv. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Arts and crafts to in prison, one blade. Where did he find three blades in prison? That's just like uh, nicking it from all the other That's a very good point, so, actually, right. thinking about it. Just like we could make three knives out of these. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can make something infinitely worse. <laughs> I can make something that will break the first time I swing it and miss with it. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly never been to prison before. Clearly. No, not, not these, the, so, these hard English prisons we get over here. What did you guys actually... What was your initial reaction to the film? Because I personally went into it not very excited for this. Because yep. after the Super Mario movie, even though I didn't mind it, mm-hmm. I wasn't exact... Oh, the, you know, the Mortal Kombat movie. I wasn't exactly looking forward to it, but I actually, I think this is the one I enjoyed the most out of those three. That's, uh, that's quite a statement, I will say. Like, it is, yeah. It, my, my I'm first opening myself experience, up to fire here. You are, yeah. The, I can hear the keyboards <laughs> clacking. 
no, I, I don't really remember rating this film very highly when I first saw it. I, I barely have any memory of watching it. I remember the, the odd moment. The only real thing that I remember is Raul Julia. And at the time, I didn't know he was Raul Julia. I just knew him as, oh, this guy's like pretty intense. He's like carrying this whole <laughs> film on his back. Uh, and then obviously seeing Adam's family and seeing him as Gomez Adams is just like, that is one of the pinnacle roles of cinema that he is just perfect. <laughs> He's the perfect casting for that. But going back and watching this with a group of people, like a, a watch along kind of thing, made it infinitely better and made it absolutely hilarious because we had voice chat as well. So we were all laughing along. You know, we did it through Discord. The funny parts are funny because they're so not funny. They're like so bad that it makes them funny. It's like awkward humor. And the serious parts are so bad that it makes them also hilarious. <laughs> I I just loved it. I, I really did. It's one of the, the game films that I've definitely enjoyed a hell of a lot. But watching it alone, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much, if I'm honest. What about you, Jordan? What, yeah. what, what did you think going in? Again, I'd, I'd never seen it before. Actually, mm -hmm. I should probably mention this. This is the first time I watched it, and I watched it part last night and part today um, mm -hmm. because I was knackered last night. So I was like, I can't deal with this. Too worn but, out from all that beautiful cinematics <laughs> going on exactly. in front of you. But overall, I thought, I thought it was actually, in parts, really well written. Like, the comedy <laughs> writing is actually really well done. You can tell yeah. some amount of care and attention actually went into parts of it. But... I can completely understand why people wouldn't register it as a Street Fighter film because it feels very much like it could have been retconned. I don't know why there was drug lord talk. I don't know why there's a United Nations-esque... Like, it's a war like, film. It's a war <laughs> film. It is legitimately a war film, like a guerrilla warfare film in certain parts. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, do, you know who, you know. do you know who wrote this, Jordan? No. Do, do I want to know? It's the guy who wrote uh, Die Hard and Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have not seen either of those movies. Uh, what? You get Shouldn't right the fuck off like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's joining now. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it's like... I'm not after it's been tarnished with this guy who's not seen those movies. Yeah, <laughs> No, uh, he, yeah, he had quite a quite a writing past, but this was his first directorial debut, wasn't it? Is that right, Trevor? Uh, as far as I understand, yeah, it's a uh, Stephen E. D'Souza. Um, That's him. Who, as Harrison said, wrote those two, you know, gigantic action films from the eighties. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Die Hard, in particular, is a very clever action film, so that would explain why some of the yeah. the wit is present here. Commando is is a car comic book film, like. Yeah. I, actually, we're going to be reviewing that next week for us. Uh, oh, nice. Catching up oh, wow. on cinema. Um, and part of the reason why we're reviewing is because we're talking about action films. And I think of it as like the prototypical example of what people who don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger's films think they are. Um, yeah. In actuality, yeah. it's kind of isolated in his filmography. He doesn't have that many movies that are like Commando. Um, but some of the characterization and some of like the, mm -hmm. the schlocky, like, winking winking at you moments in this film in street fighter feel like commando like yeah i, I hadn't yeah. thought about that till now but it has that larger than life like almost like gi joe quality to it it does yeah i mean like thinking of that saying actually yeah saying that 
taking a slight divergence there with Commando. Commando is like the first section of Predator. Yes. Until another sci-fi film like edges in on Predator and it's like, oh no, now we're this kind of film. Now we're like a weird slasher in a jungle. But yeah, I, I, I can see the similarity there. I just think it's a surprising, like a surprising film in the tone that they went for with the comedy elements. Like if you were to think Street Fight, I wouldn't think to make a film like this but i don't really know any other way you could do it like jordan if you were going to make a street fighter film like how would you even approach the story or like all the characters because they're all very flamboyant and out there aren't they they're not like easy characters to write for i quite liked the intro to vega in this he was the most similar to the games character there was yeah, I, I think the kind of like pretty boy who likes the attention uh, was yeah. pretty interesting. And then he gets jealous when it gets taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I think that adds quite a lot of depth to the character when it shows that. Yeah, there's that one that, little sudden moment, wasn't there, where he was like, <gasps> yeah, she wants yeah, him. he's like, I'm hurt. And then yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was really interesting. But the rest of it is quite, you know, one dimensional. Uh, as, as interesting as they try and make... Uh, is it Chun Li? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I forgot the boxer's name. But I, I never, yeah, Balrog. I never really Bison. played Street Fighter much yeah. as a kid uh, because I, I was born in '95. So I moved. I was playing Tekken. That was like my first fighting game ser- series, and that's what I stuck with really. Yeah. yeah Still I, a great fighting series. Still a great, a, great bunch of games. Is there a proper story to Street Fighter? Because it says based on Street Fighter Two, and I don't remember Street Fighter Two. I've been much going for it, other than you're fighting people. Well, so let me where did this war sec. plot come from? I don't yeah, yeah. get it. Fill us in, Trevor. If you know something Please. here, go for it. Well, the the war plot is kind of alluded to in like the actual story of the games, where uh, M Bison or Vega. Do you, are you guys aware of the naming uh, situation with the boss characters from Street Fighter? No, go for it. No. Well, um, funny enough, we were talking about. Um, uh, earlier the use of that <laughs> word and how you know typically that's not something gets thrown around in america mm-hmm. um you know that that stuff like that happens with with games and media all the time where there's like regional differences between products and in the case of street fighter you have uh the boss characters uh in american terms or western terms rather uh m bison sagat balrog and vega um sounds like we're all on the same page there but uh because uh because uh, Balrog, the boxer character um, in Japan, was named Mike Bison, um, which is a little wow. too close to Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, um, a little and, bit. Uh, you know, the Tyson estate probably didn't take kindly to that. Um, for international versions of the product, they ch- they s- kind of rotated all the names except for Sagat. Um, okay. So, and Bison was originally called Vega in Japan, and uh, Vega was originally called Balrog, and then so on and so forth. But, um. Wow. Like I said, the, the war situation, uh, the character M. Bison, I'm just going to use the Western names from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Raul Julia's character does head at, at an organization called Shadowloo, and he is like flexing some uh, military might in the region of Southeast Asia. So right there, you do have an excuse to implement that in, oh, okay. in the plot of your film. But moreover, the, the making of this film, uh, because it was based on a pre-existing property, uh, I guess it was stipulated that the director had to find a way to include every single character from the games that currently existed in yeah. plot. 
Like, they had to be featured on screen, uh, with the exception of Fei Long, which is weird. Uh, they, yeah. they skipped exactly one character, but then again, Fei Long is basically just Bruce Lee, and we already have potentially one lawsuit on our hands. We don't need a second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thinking in those terms, something like a war, something like a, a grand plot of some sort, uh, feels like a way of shoehorning in many, many characters. Doesn't necessarily mean they have to have dialogue, but basically he had to include like all of the all of the Street Fighter characters, minus Fei Long, yeah. <laughs> in this film. So make, making a big plot like that probably was a, was a good way to do that. But um, on the whole, like, the story for Street Fighter is not suited for film, honestly. No. Um, no especially, if you have, so. especially if you have to include every character. Because traditionally, the, the best, best storytelling that's been done outside of the games, um, based on the games, has been... Uh, just focusing on one or two characters. Not The Legend of Chun-Li. That is a yeah. garbage film. <laughs> that is absolute garbage. <laughs> but but like there's there's a wonderful web series called Assassin's Fist that just focuses squarely on Ken and Ryu in like the Street Fighter Alpha era. And in terms of fan service, they do a really good job of playing to those characters, but they don't bother including all the extra baggage. Like Guile doesn't show up, Blanca doesn't show up, Chun-Li doesn't show up. So narrowing narrowing the focus, I think, is the only way to really do it well. Um, so yeah. parts of this movie come across as kind of unwieldy in that way. Um, but yeah, honestly, doing this as a film, like another way you could have done it would be like Mortal Kombat did, which is basically just a ripoff of Enter the Dragon with supernatural elements. Tournament I mean, base, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a tournament where it's like these people don't need to be characters. All they have to do is show up and get punched in the face and then we move on to the next familiar face. <laughs> they get punched and then continue punching until there's only one face left to punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should, that Sounds like a good like movie to me. Trailer, which is literally just that description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep on punching till there's only one face left to punch. <laughs> Legend of Chun-Li, by the way, has 3.7 on IMDb. Do you know what is, Street Fighter has? Uh, 4.5? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I Just know four. on Rotten Tomatoes it's got 10. 10%, isn't it? So so Legend of Chun-Li is 3.7. Street Fighter is 4. There's wow. 0.3 <clears throat> difference in these. Do you think that's warranted, either of you? That's I grossly I don't know if you've seen one. Chun-Li. I've not, no. so... No, um... Major difference between these two is that Street Fighter is a movie... Uh, Legend of Chun-Li is barely a movie. <laughs> um, in terms of structure and editing, The Legend of Chun-Li actually deserves like a dissertation done on it. Um, it is so messy really? and sloppy and haphazardly just not even stitched together. It's like scotch taped together. Um, it's a wow. total Staples. fucking mess. <laughs> I know that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme... Monster. Jean-Claude Van Damme was offered to be in it, wasn't he? As even just a cameo, and he was like, no, <laughs> I'm not touching <laughs> that. <laughs> Stay away Wise from me. Wise decision. Wise decision. I need to take a shit. <laughs> walks away. Yeah, straight out. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I, I need to yeah. take a shit. I need to take a shit. <laughs> right, I need I think, to take a shit. Should we move on shit. to talking about the movie? Because we're, uh, yeah, we're yeah. 20 minutes in. <laughs> we so, should probably move on to talking about it. I want to mention the characters because we said that there's a lot of characters in this. So we've got Ryu and Ken who are like absolute wet blankets. They are like, they're, yeah. in, in my mind, they would have been the main characters. Like you said in the yep. Alpha series, like White they Scorpion should be. Scorpion and Sub-Zero. 
yeah, they're they're the duo at the front of the game. Like they're the, the characters that everyone plays as because they want to do Hadouken and Shoyuken and all that. Like that's the cool thing. Everyone wants that. But in this, like Ken looks like an accountant. He's like, it looks like he's he never does. lifted weights in his life. He does look like an accountant. Why he did, does? I, I couldn't put why I didn't like him very much. And it's fucking Is that accountant why? He's, boy. <laughs> he's charging you for his taxes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's my hatred of him. Also, his costume design is the worst. Have you seen the shirts and ties he's always wearing? Yeah. Why? And and who are they supposed to be? Because uh, what are they doing at the tournament? I couldn't really glean that information <laughs> from it. They were selling uh, weapons or arms dealers yeah. or wannabe arms dealers, right? They were selling Nerf guns. They had fucking well, yeah, foam he didn't balls. Know. They were meant to get the money and then fuck off. And then they, right. they'd have the money. They've swindled Sagat out of however much money there is. And then yeah, yeah, they, that, they that have like a Robin it. Hood thing going on. Where it's like they're they're swindling bad people, so the okay. ethics are are exonerated in some ways. Where it's like you're you're doing a thing that normally would be bad, but you're doing it to bad people, so I guess that cancels out or something. Yeah, that's like supposed neutral. to be like their teaching <laughs> moment or something, like their epiphany towards the third act of the film. Um, as far as I understand, they do mention that they train together in some form of martial art. It's all glossed over in the they movie. They had a it, yeah, they mm-hmm. what was it? They had a, uh, a sensei or a master or something like that. Yeah, a yeah. master is mentioned. We don't get any more detail than that. Um, <laughs> That's it. Just based on based on how the performances play out, you can tell that like uh, they call him Ryu, by the way, which was a source of debate on every playground um, when I was growing up. Was uh, in Japanese, it would be pronounced Ryu. Ryu. Um, yeah. But in the states, most people call him Ryu, um, and to this day, you know, it's 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 hard to flip your tongue into japanese mode so i understand why people would just stick to ryu because they've been yeah. saying it for decades anyway but they do actually explicitly say ryu <laughs> so yeah. um somebody approved of that in the script but i uh, just based on the performance like, i was fucking right well i'm sure there was a capcom executive on the set that that heard that and didn't object to it, so maybe they fucked up. I don't know. Maybe they got too fired, busy but... doing cocaine like the rest of everyone else who make yeah, this movie. Well, like Van Damme, rather. Yeah. <laughs> every, if every if he left any like behind. This. Yeah, <laughs> every movie like this, you can tell that everyone who was on set was doing lines and lines of cocaine. Any video yeah. game movie. Yeah. Bob, Bob Hoskins was nose deep. Nose deep. <laughs> Just his nose yeah, he... stuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and Leguizamo apparently were getting smashed every yeah, day yeah. on the set. Yeah. yeah. I think Dennis I Hopper was sober at the time, though, so he was kind of pissed at both of them. <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that John claude Van Damme was allegedly spending $10,000 per week on cocaine during this film. And he was just, like, uncontrollable on set, apparently. Like, I, I was surprised that they made Guile the main character. Like, speaking about Rayo and Ken being yeah. who you expect to be the main character, Guile isn't the character in the game that I look at and go, oh, this is this is the guy. This is the story character. But I think it's just because they were like, well, how do we find a big actor for one of these roles? And we've got the all-American hero. So that's who we're going to be the main character. But then why did they choose Van Damme with that accent? Yeah. Uh, He's got an American I'm... stick on tattoo. Yeah. You know, the ones you get out of, like, you wet them and then leave them on for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> He's got one of them. I'd like yeah. to point out that uh, Ross, Ross Cook, the artist, shout out to you, dude. He came in and watched along with me. 
and he was saying that they should have included the tattoo the wrong way around on the other arm like it is on the game. You know, when he turned around because it's the palette swap. They should have. Yeah. That yeah. would have been great. I would have loved to have seen that in there. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really strange little details in the in the set and production design of this film. So it's like, I wouldn't have put it past them to include that. It's okay. it's silly, but maybe maybe that's like sacrilege in, in American productions yeah. or something. Though I, I don't actually know. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, I think it was, I mean, it's always money, honestly, where Van Damme's the biggest name in the film. In 1994, he was kind of at the peak of his powers. Like I think Time Cop came out the same year, and that was his highest-grossing film ever. Yeah. Uh, so this is like peak Van Damme and peak Coke habit Van Damme. But, <laughs> um, Apex. I, th- I think in terms of presenting uh, the film to like international audiences, i.e., mostly American, because that's like mm-hmm. it was a different era of of Hollywood. I, I think the idea of putting basically a gi joe action figure in the leading role uh, made the most sense because um at the time at least over here anyway um i don't think ryu and ken were firmly established as the protagonists of the games i mean the the story didn't really skew like towards any character in particular like there's no there's no prologue sequence at the title screen that tells you this is ryu's story or anything like that um so they kind of had free reign to position whoever they felt would be best for the role. And, you know, Captain America, as played by a Belgian man, <laughs> um, <laughs> as as backed by a fictional UN group called the AN group, I, I think made the most sense financially, um, especially in 1994. I love how that yeah. point, you're not paying for Van Damme, you're paying for the coke addiction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's literally it. It's like, yeah, yeah, a quarter of the budget for the film was to get him. Yeah, that's. I believe mental, it, isn't it? No, I, I believe it. Yes, yeah, he was supposed to. He was supposed to headline a Mortal Kombat, the game. Um, so somebody at Capcom slash Universal, uh, the people who made the Street Fighter movie, must have offered him more. Uh, yeah, because he yeah. was supposed to be Johnny Cage. Um, he was, yeah, because that character not just for the him, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just for the game, but I think for the movie as well. And he turned yeah. it down. Uh, so I would imagine Universal and Capcom had the higher bid. Um, and it's really sad too, because um, I like Van Damme quite a bit, actually. Like, I yeah. I have a strange fascination with him and his career, but um, you can see the coke on, like, not not visibly Drifting on him. off him as he walks around. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like just have like a, a wispy cloud hanging yeah. over his head. But <laughs> in his performance, um, a, a, like a telltale sign of maybe a production that had some form of issues or was mismanaged to some degree is oftentimes like bad audio. Um, and a lot of his lines in particular are ADR'd. Oh um, yeah, there's tons, so he, tons of ADR. Yeah. He must have had like mush mouth or something. Like he maybe he stumbled over his lines or wasn't wasn't legible or clear like clear with his speech or something. Yeah, I was gurning from all the coke. That's why I want to get back in my boat. <laughs> <laughs> Kick that Van Bison's ass! <laughs> I'm going up river. Up river. <laughs> Uh, I, we can't we, we can't muck that i mean it's the collections company <laughs> bison you're off the air <laughs> oh. but that being said it just makes it so like there's something endearing about it when he's so because he's he is giving it his all his cokey cokey all like <laughs> uh. no he gets through <laughs> that I mean. speech 
Like he does he actually does. get through that speech and he does it. He delivers it with verve. And um, one thing that I think JCVD has always been underrated for is his, sen- his sense of humor. Uh, he has yeah. a self-deprecating sense of humor that not every action star of his day had. Steven Seagal. <laughs> He's a master. Um, He's a legit master, don't you know? His big beard. Oh, wow. Of everything. Yeah. <laughs> of your soul. But... In JCVD's case, he's he's able to laugh at himself and like mm-hmm. just the utter silliness of some of the situations he's he's in. Like that comedy beat with the knife. It's it's very yeah. Indiana Jones like in some yeah. ways, but like he does kind of sell it with the body language and he does. He, yeah. He, like even though he's all coked up, he he showed up to, you know, try. Like he showed up to play <laughs> a little bit. Even though he's coked oh. up, he's a trier. God <laughs> loves a trier, is what we like to see. God <laughs> loves a cokey trier. <laughs> he loves them the most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does. They get through the Bible oh. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> they try really fucking fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, with this, uh. then there, there were a bunch of scenes that really stood out to me that had really good comedic timing. Yeah. So there's a bit where it's where Ryu and oh sorry Ryu and Ken I don't know mm-hmm. they they show Doesn't up matter. to speak to Sagat and. Sagat offers them, like, would you like a drink or something else? And the the women who he's obviously propositioning for Ryu and Ken uh, come out looking really happy. And they say no. Like, Ryu and Ken say no. And the women look genuinely upset. They're just like, oh, that's, oh I was looking forward to that. And they walk away. <laughs> I just thought the timing was perfect. Because it, yeah, it hangs looking on them for a second. Yeah, they're just full on looking like, oh, they look nice. And then they just walk away. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I mean, the one guy looks like an accountant, and the other guy just looks like, you know, Bruce Lee. Know, vanilla ice cream cone, yeah. but Asian guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot of personality in this film. He but doesn't. No, like, they're completely in, in In that same scene, there's also another good comedy beat. And there are some good comedy beats in mm-hmm. this film, in particular from uh, Kyle and I on Catching Up on Cinema have really tried our best to put like the magnifying glass on this guy because he's underappreciated. It's, uh, Andrew Brynarski. Um, plays Zangief. Oh yeah, he's oh, great. Yes. He's my favorite yeah. character. He's maybe the best film. part of this whole film. But we yeah. we will get to him. We will spotlight him. But the um, most of the good lines go to him. Is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get at. But in that same scene, there's a really great bit where uh, there's a recurring element of the production of this film where um, there's a lot of PA announcements that are. Yeah. somewhat comical it's kind of like like out of airplane or something the, the comedy yeah. film uh, <laughs> where it's like delivered pit. in a very pl- it's like delivered <laughs> in a very pleasant tone yeah. but then they're like referring to like oh destruction to the base will be repaired in approximately 18 months <laughs> they're like talking <laughs> yeah. about like employee pension plans for shadowloo and stuff like that but yeah uh, sagat in that same scene has like a line about like in in this city nobody tells me what to do and then a pa announcement's like curfews at 7 p.m go home yeah. or you get shot <laughs> It's like, I guess they do sometimes, Sagat. Oh, so good. I was, I was baffled by the relationship between Sagat and Vega. Are they a couple? I mean, they're pretty tight with each other. Because um, they do they, have a nonverbal understanding. Like, they, they, they just do. pick up on each other's they psychic emanations. They just nod each other sometimes. And there's a particular moment in the prison that really makes me think that there is not that there's any problem with them being a couple I'm all for whatever the hell you're into, go for it there's a moment where Sagat is leaning against the wall looking, you know tough and angry with one eye <laughs> I know exactly and what you mean do you, know, do you remember? and Vega's leaning, leaning with his arm over like his over arm. him like, hey <laughs> and the, it's like it, we He's were laughing the on the stream Harrison. 
Is it's what? He's covering the rear, keeping him he, safe. Really from, covering that from rear. anyone <laughs> from anyone attacking from behind, I suppose. Best way prison. to cover the rear? Fill the rear. That's that's his, his <laughs> route that he's going down. But this is just like oh, wow. we were laughing because it's like we could imagine Sagat because he's so close to his face, just being like, Vega, you're you're really close to my face right now. He's like, he's right there. Yeah. I I just think that they might be. And I think that was a nice touch for them to play that in and then never explain it. Was the eye patch on the side that he was leaning over though? Because he could have just been like, ah. Oh, yeah, nice I think it was. Oh my God. And he's like, he, yeah. he may oh, not what? have been able to see him. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he had, he had no that. peripheral vision. He couldn't see <laughs> yeah. He couldn't see him. What the fuck? It's like, <laughs> it's like, why is the left side of my face so warm? <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, I mean, on the set of Hook, uh, famously, um, Bob Hoskins uh, mm-hmm. from the Super Mario Brothers movie, he and Dustin Hoffman apparently off hours, like when the cameras weren't, weren't rolling, uh, just did method acting and decided that Hook and Smee <laughs> were, were a couple. I was like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's what I thought he said. <laughs> well, you wanted me to say that. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Sorry. In, in retrospect, I should have for the for the wolves, but um, just did no. Meth. Apparently, odd acting. <laughs> I mean, I I could totally see Wes Studi and whoever the fellow who played Vega doing something like that. It's just like, you know, we don't have any material to work with here. Let's just have fun with it and be just, really cozy with yeah. each other. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, man. So what were you, what were you saying about uh, Bob Hoskins and Thingy on the set of Hook? Oh, uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Smee and Hook, uh, they, they off hours, like, continued playing out the characters, like Method and... Uh, mm-hmm basically treated themselves as like a couple where it's just like hook and smear a gay couple and that's their <laughs> dynamic and we're going to put it on the screen and if you object to that that's how we're doing the performances so uh, you like it's it's there if you look at at all um mm-hmm. apparently it's... not everybody was happy with that when they were shooting it but if you ask me both of those performances in that film are it's the highlight of it wonderful that their dynamic or it's like smee stop me smee stop me don't stop yeah. me smee stop me smee the two like <laughs> The two of them are great in that film. The rest of them, yeah, I'm not so either. sure. <laughs> yes, I know you've never seen it. That's definitely one that's on the list. We'll add to, that to the stream it. list. Because that is a... I know we're diverging massively, but that is a great live-action version of Peter Pan. Like, speaking incredible. Of Mario, uh, speaking of Mario, Bob Hoskins, mm-hmm. there's a guy in this film that looks quite a bit like Bob Hoskins. Who is in I know the who you're lab. talking about. Yeah, Big Ron. We titled him Big Ron. Big Ron. (laughs) Big Ron. He looks a fair bit like Mario. He does. Yeah, he does look very much like him. And every time I saw him, I was like, hey, it's Mario. And I sat on my own. I was sat on my own in my bedroom. Like, hey, it's Mario. And I was like, Mario. No one's here to see this. And I was like, hey. Like that uh, DiCaprio meme where he's like, oh, the TVs. (laughs) Exactly. That was exactly what it is. He he was in one of the rather baffling moments of this film, in in my opinion, where Dal Sim is a scientist in this. He's not a yoga master who does like a a good good old clapping dance. He's, He's just a prisoner who is making super soldiers. And he there's this side, side. Yeah, he's expecting just, expandy limbs because he's exactly. A and, and he was the mutation on. thing, the mutation thing, pours on him at one moment, and it pours on his arms, and it feels like they were setting it up that oh, at one point he's gonna do like a stretch punch, but then it it never comes, it never happens. I don't know whether that was like a budgeting thing where they couldn't do the special effects because I know that they they had no money left for special effects, did they? So like. The Hadouken, there is a moment of a Hadouken in there, yep. but it's just a blue flash. 
It's just a camera flash. That's it. Uh, what what did you think about that, Trevor? Because I saw you lulling backwards in anger at the lack of Hadouken. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that is something I remember from my initial viewing as a very small child mm. was the just utter dismay um, at the fact that there were no Shoryukens or Hadoukens or mm-hmm. Yoga Fires or Sonic Booms. Or we do get a pair bunkers. of flash kicks. We do, we do get a pair of flash kicks and you could you could skew things where M. Bison's flying charge could be a Psycho Crusher. Yeah, um, Although, yeah. you know, without the without the twirling, it doesn't quite... It doesn't quite match, but... You can't really um, spin j- a man who's suffering from cancer around that much, though. I, I think we can let him off for that. <laughs> we at least got yeah. him on the wires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and apparently being on the wires was something he really enjoyed. Um, he did all but- of his own stunts. Raul Julia, that, this, is, this is a point I want to make. Like, he is the carrying force of this film. He is absolutely... Oh, yeah wonderful like we know he's a great actor anyway you know he's in was it kiss of the spider woman which was like an oscar worthy film i don't know if he won one for it but i know it was very very highly the rated hell is that kiss of the uh, spider woman yeah it's some it's not like a superhero thing i don't i've not seen it i've just no, seen I didn't clips think, i i don't i don't i don't know what he expected it to be i just didn't expect i've never heard of this no, I, I hadn't until doing research. I want to watch it, though, because it looks very, very interesting. It's some old black and white film. Uh, but he is like, he wanted to do his own stunts. He was suffering from stomach cancer. And, he lit- and no one knew it was fatal during the filming of this film. He he had just finished having chemotherapy and went straight to filming this, which is why they had to do all the wire stunts and all the, the long shots. For people who don't know what long shots are, like as in long distance so you couldn't see how thin he was. Because if you look at some of the interviews from the early footage, he is very, very thin. He looks very frail. And then yeah. they shot all the close-up shots and dialogue at the end of the film. So he had time to put weight on to look somewhat healthy again. But there are moments when you see that he does look very, very thin. Uh, but the, the fact that he could pull it like that, to put that much effort into a role while being that ill is so so impressive and like this is his, this yeah. was his last film wasn't it this was his last film that he made um and he a really heartwarming thing is that he made it for his kids and i think that was probably why he put so much effort into this role to yeah. make something so amazing and it's just yeah he's great he's, he's wonderful he steals any scene he's in so like he does. there's a bit where he's taught he's trying to build uh bisonopolis isn't he bisonopolis yeah so he's trying <laughs> to build bisonopolis and there's a point where he's talking about the food court for bison. <laughs> oh, it must be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it must be bigger. All of the baker companies are going to want in on this. Yeah. <laughs> it was lines like that that absolutely got me because at yeah. points you did kind of see he did have, I don't, I don't want to say he had a point because he's very, you know, dictatory. He's based but, off Mussolini. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's had many fans and world leader <laughs> attempts over the years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he, uh, he, doesn't always come across as some absolute psychopath. Sometimes he does come across as like someone who knows what they're doing and has almost noble goals and that he doesn't want wars and he doesn't... He's like, I just want shit to be cool for once. Yeah. He's early like, Thanos. <laughs> well, that's... Exactly. And you, I feel like the good point to any villain is at least at one point during the film, you can isolate something and say, I kind of see where he's coming from. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. If you can do that once, even if it's just down to the food court thing where he's like, yeah, he definitely needs more baked goods. Have you never yeah. been to a patisserie before? Um, <laughs> that's that's what you need. And it's just the way that he gives this like really cool speech. My One of my favorite parts of the movie is when DJ, who is like his right-hand man, uh, yes. it's like they there's there's an escape scene. Something happens with uh, with Guile, and mm-hmm. he he dies, but he doesn't die. We're glancing over a street. lot of this movie. Um, we are, we are. There's a street shootout, but not a street fight. How's that feel? No. <laughs> that, that's that's a moment before you get to your moment with DJ when they're driving away in the truck. There is a moment between Ken and I think it's Vega, where Guile's character runs into the street and. Ken just shoots him in the stomach a couple of times, like a couple of gut shots. And we we later find out it was a plan, but Vega didn't know that. And Ken looks at him like, yeah, I just shot that guy in the stomach. <laughs> and he's like, no, that is brutal. <laughs> he's just like, I just, I just killed a man. Because you've not yeah, seen I just killed anyone him. else See kill a man. At that yeah. point, he literally he's like, hey, I just killed a man. He doesn't know Sagat's all right with that. Sagat might yeah. have some weird moral compass. He's like, Vega that's was fucked like, up, dude. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, the, the the bit with DJ where he finds out Giles died, um, and Bison's, he, he's like, "Congrats, Bison!" And he goes, "No, I wanted to fight him in battle." I'm he's old. like, "No," and he's like, "Okay," <laughs> just like, "Right," <laughs> and he's just he's just there like this this fucking guy. You try and say congrats, and yeah. just DJ's a great character as well. Just he um, just goes, just the shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> he just gets back to what he's doing. Fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the dickhead. For saying all right, you know. <laughs> so uh, good. Yeah. There's, there's, a really, there's a really lovely dynamic between uh, Zangief, DJ, and M. Bison. Where you yeah. Have, yeah. He has his left and his right hand, essentially. And in DJ's case, we, we the audience, are privy to the fact that he's, he's just collecting a paycheck. He's here to exploit Bison and all of his terrorist well, ways. Yeah, he left stuff. working at Microsoft. Yeah. Where, I should have you know, stayed at Microsoft as we, yeah. Yeah. As we hear him say. <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell that he's just sucking up because he's trying to, you know, secure his place next to Bison and stuff. Whereas Zangief, he's he is a true believer. <laughs> like, yeah, you were yeah, getting paid. Great... Yeah, <laughs> you got paid. <laughs> <laughs> and they play off each other really well. In particular, DJ and M Bison. Um, Raul Julia gets to have a lot of fun scenes with him. Like when everything's going to hell in the base, like he's, he's thrilled at the prospect of his base being invaded and he gets to die a martyr's death, essentially. And you just see DJ kind of slinking away in the background. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, that's the plan now? Uh, bye. It's, My it's weird, pay. isn't it? Like, Bison being so like, Bison is the straight man in yes. this film that doesn't know he's hilarious at the same time. It's a yeah. really weird like di- dichotomy. Is that the right word? Duality? I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I just think his speeches when he's like flying in the air, claiming to be a god because he's powered by the same energy that powers the bullet train going to Osaka. <laughs> it's just like, it's so good. I think good. it dates itself a little bit, doesn't it? In parts. It does. It does a little tiny bit. Yeah, it does. But <laughs> like Zangief, there's a moment when they are... We, we, we haven't even really touched on Chun-Li and Balrog <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, e Honda, Honda is yeah. Hawaiian in this, uh, yes. and Chun Li isn't a police officer; she's a news reporter. And Balrog yes. is the cameraman. So they're like yes. this little crew Rag of espionage that ragtag like, crew great. that are trying to take down M Bison. It was more like, Scooby Doo than anything. If I'm honest, it was. With you. Very, it was very. They even had the van. 
They even I've had a van. I expected, like, uh, so the, they also do have, I forgot his name now, the guy who gets mutated. What's his name? Blanca. When, Blanca. Blanca, yeah. But they, when he, there's a point where in the film they've got these massive bags. It just says, like, mutagen, like, mutagen yeah. changer and, like, highly volatile acid and shit like that. On these massive glowing bags, like, the huge warning labels, which really got me. I half expected him at the end to jump on a van with them or something, and they're like they go solve mysteries or some shit. Yeah, like, that would have been great. I called it. Yeah, I would watch a spin-off of that straight up. So you wanted was supposed to, to say Rutro? Yeah. Rutro. Not, <laughs> not for anything sexual, just for the fun. Let me let me find out what it actually said on the uh, on the bags. It said DNA mutagens and then warnings everywhere. And, and I just want more detail right? there. There's one more detail there that's actually really fun about the oh, production on. design. Um, is on those bags it says Bison Labs, and that's that's a really cool element of the production design of the movie. Is that his uh his skull motif that's on his yeah. hat, like Dalsim's chair, like his lab chair has that as the backrest, <laughs> I didn't and even like his that. branding is everywhere. It's it very is. like spaceballs. Even almost. on the straws. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the, where the, he, the swirl straws where and he the gets drinks. changed yeah. behind the uh, I forgot what they're called the screens I, I swear they've got a fancy name he gets changed behind the, the screen oh, the, the room bedroom. divider yeah yeah, yeah. with uh, where Chun-Li's in there and he changes out of his armor suit into his velvet suit mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he puts on his velvet hat he puts on his his bedroom hat <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, oh, to take a line right out of Adam's family, it's uh, Uncle Knickknack's summer wardrobe. <laughs> it's <laughs> Uncle Knickknack's winter yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> honestly, wow, so, like Uncle that Nick-Nack. parts like that. I feel like the good characters are nowhere near as interesting or funny as the bad characters, because, like, like I've said, like, yeah. S- yeah. not Saga- um The other, I keep getting the names mixed up. <laughs> I keep having to think back to Wreck It Ralph to remember Sangeef. Um, oh yeah, so. Sangeef is think, my favorite think character. in visual terms yeah Sangeef's yeah, my favorite yeah. character in this movie by far especially down mm-hmm. to the point where he's walking Ryu and Ken after they've somehow managed to weasel their way accidentally inside of the organization of M. Bison um, yeah. they're walking through like the training slash shower slash locker room and it's like <laughs> hey nice <laughs> like a uniform Nice hat. <laughs> They're just like pointing towards. <laughs> and he's just really happy to be showing them along. Like some fucking big moron. I love him so much. He needs he's more a meat time. wall. He's a wall of meat. With he the is, IQ of right. a wall of meat. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's, he's a wonderful character. And there's, there's it's a, got the body of a dog and the head of a dog. Of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a moment that. Uh, I was. I wanted to mention when the TV crew, made up of Chun Li and everyone, are suddenly perform a circus act that they've. Have they <laughs> yeah. performed this? Like, how do they know how to do magic? And they are rolling a truck into the tent where this this act is happening, and the truck shows on the TV rolling down the hill, doesn't it? And Zangief goes, <gasps> "Change the channel." <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, it's one of the best such lines. Such a good in the movie. line. So oh. much fun this film. We yeah, I'm running through this film in like order of things that happened because we have fucked yeah. this royally. I know it's it's it, just it, so much fun. It's to how talk this film about. feels though. Like the film, the way it starts, 
you're just suddenly in a war and you're like what is this what's happening like yeah you just you're as thrown into it like as you are i suppose with the game you're just thrown in at the title screen select your character let's fucking fight you know like we're ready to go like there's nothing that Let's sets fight you up a multi-billion really pound war is what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. This kind of is pretty comparable, I suppose. Well, no, 20 actually, billion. I'll push, back a, I'll push back on that just a little bit because mm-hmm. like, editing is something that I really key in on, like even in bad movies, especially in bad movies, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the first five minutes of this movie are actually kind of remarkable in, in how tightly it, it brings everyone up to speed. Where it's like we get like a news broadcast informing you. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. newsflash, war in Southeast Asia. <laughs> hey, here's M. Bison. Hey, here's Chun Li. Hey, here's some prisoners. A couple of them get killed. Hey, one of that that guy's going to turn into Blanca. Oh, hey, there's Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> He's the reason I bought my fucking ticket. Oh, he and Bison have beef. Now I know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And that's all in the first five minutes. It's fast. Um, it's very yeah. fast. It's very fucking fast. Only problem is the 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 game comparison. Like you said pick your character, start fighting. Mm-hmm. We don't get any fighting in this movie, like any proper no, fighting, no. maybe ever, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Until like the last scene of Bison and uh, Guile when they fight on that, the walkway thing. Uh, yeah, also, I when mean, you, you said could... um, people get killed at the start, hostages get killed, you you neglected the fact that M. Bison breaks about 20 people's necks with his hand. You just... Yeah, yeah, one hand, like, one yeah, just breaking people's necks. Yeah. You came, you came all this way to fight me, and then he just snaps a guy's neck and moves on to the next. And he's got a production line of neck snapping going on. He does, which is, <laughs> if I was an evil mastermind, I think that's I'd want that. It's a production Same. line of neck snapping. Yeah, <laughs> but, sounds like a, a sex thing. Well. Yeah, no, don't don't go there. Uh, <laughs> when. There's a bit as well where Chun-Li is running around the base after all this stuff's gone down and it's getting towards the end of the movie. And she's like, where are the prisoners? And it's just like, did you not hear the announcer just say, open the prisoner pit and close the prisoner pit? And it's like, I think they might be in the prisoner pit, Chun-Li, if I'm honest with you. Probably in the prisoner pit. (laughs) Probably in the specially designated prisoner pit that he had made constructed and just had a fucking biologically engineered weapon ready to raise or lower into the area. Probably in there, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Probably. Probably. Potentially. Probably not the <laughs> locker room where you are right now. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> on all the men, all those training men. Yeah. Well, I like how they're they're continually beating up just that one soldier to get that information out of him. <laughs> it's like if, if you hit me harder, it's not going to make it easier for me to tell you. <laughs> and he never actually says anything. We just cut away from that. <laughs> yeah. He cut away because yeah. he starts crying, and people would feel bad. He's like, "Please stop hitting me." No, how she beats the shit out of him, and then Balrog continues to beat the shit out of him even more. And then they say, "Where are the prisoners?" By the Part way. cut away. Yeah, that bit, he has I like boxing gloves. He did. I like the fact that he went to the, the gym and made sure to grab some boxing gloves to really complete the look. Boxing gloves take yeah, a while so he to have a good relationship. Well. He's what? Hard right, to put on properly? Yeah. Like, imagine trying to put on boxing gloves while the rest of your team are trying to fight and you're like, I've only got one hand free. Can someone help me with this? I mean, if those have laces, that's going to take a couple minutes, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hard to tie a bow with that- teeth. I mean, maybe he has fragile hands or something, because that's not going to help with your punching power. But maybe, maybe he has, maybe he's got glass hands or something. <laughs> yeah, he's got maybe, brittle bone disease, point. and he's got to cover <laughs> a war zone. 
<laughs> no, you just need to have just have one cutaway shot of him putting up one finger to Chun Li and be like, "Safety first. Yeah, <laughs> put on the gloves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what? cocaine." Oh. And then he just gets called a massive hypocrite for all the campaigns. I've got a crazy boxing fact for you to go with that Balrog statement about gloves for safety. More mm. people die in boxing since the invention of boxing gloves. I'm yes. aware of this. Now they're not afraid to punch people's heads. They didn't use the punch heads before. It was all about the body punches. So now yeah, people break yeah. your hands. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. the rugby football debate or American football debate, where it's like yeah. if you're padded up, it gives you free license to turn yourself into a human cannonball. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have pads, you have to use caution in how you treat yeah. your own body as an offense. And get cauliflower tool. ears like we do in rugby over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all hit ear first for people who don't know we're all about all ear whapping all strength stored in the ears <laughs> yep that's the, 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 man, the, that's the manly know. part of the body <laughs> such hench ears it really creeps me out if anyone has cauliflower ears listening I'm sorry and I don't know how you've got headphones in but it's weird I don't know why that happens Harrison, you can't just call people who are listening with cauliflower ears freaks. I didn't. I you said freaks. I said I don't know how no, you got headphones I, I, in. I, I saw that look in your eye. Don't you do that? I love zoom you in on the eyes. Ears. Yeah. Zoom in round the eyes. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, guys, we are coming up on the end of this episode. It has been wonderful. <laughs> and it's been a crazy fucking chat. We've talked We've been about all like over the place. Ten percent of this film. Nothing has like been 10%. said. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing oh, of consequence fuck. has been said in the I'm gonna past have to hour. Put, I'm going to have to put something at the start of this episode which just says, we are really sorry. If you've not <laughs> seen the film, this is not going to help you at all. You need to have watched the film very recently for this episode to make any form of sense. <laughs> I mean... I, I want people to watch the film after this. That, that's the thing I'm thinking. Like, Look out for the it, bits. It was fun. About. Yeah, like go oh. back and watch it and see what you think. Because I, this is one of the, the video game movies that is worth watching. Like, I don't think I'd recommend watching Mortal Kombat, really. I, I didn't rate that film. I'm sorry, Trevor's giving me some fierce looks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I'm just going to cover up his part of my screen. <laughs> Did you like Mortal Kombat? Did you actually like that I, movie? I adore Mortal Kombat. Um, it's it's really bad in a lot of ways and very schlocky, but it knows mm-hmm. what it is, and it doesn't try to be much more than that. It doesn't it doesn't reach any further than is appropriate. Um, oh, it keeps I agree it fairly with that. Simple. Yeah. yeah, I agree with and that. In terms of production design and stuff like that, like the fight choreography is not great, but on the whole, the movie generally looks pretty good. It has a fun energy to it. It doesn't drag at all, really. Um, Street Fighter, I, I would argue, has a few too many moving parts. Um, yeah, in the form yeah. of all these characters and all these different teams, all these different Scooby squads that have to reunite <laughs> at the end. Uh, not yeah. really though, because we probably didn't have access to all the actors on the same day. Um, and it's not very faithful to the characterizations of any no. of the any of the source material. Whereas Mortal Kombat adheres pretty strongly to to the games. Yeah, yeah. I've not really um, thought about that. Yeah, so I, I give Mortal Kombat bonus points over Street Fighter. I actually do enjoy Street Fighter quite a bit, uh, mostly for Raul Julia mm-hmm. and uh, for the cleverness that Harrison adventured early early on, where it's like the script is a little better, a lot better than it really needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, I, I personally would have preferred a higher like punch to dialogue ratio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like honestly, most but, things in life, yeah. 
I mean, yes. that that's... I've always said if I was to ever make a film, regardless of genre, like if it's a rom-com or something, it's going to end with a fist fight playing over the end credits. <laughs> like that, that's, that that's what I look for in my cinema diet. But in the case of Street Fighter, it doesn't help, too, that when we do finally, finally get to punching, it's not good. Mortal Kombat at least has two legitimately decent fights by any standard. Mm-hmm. Like Scorpion and Reptile are both good fight scenes but yes pretty much i'm glad standard. they were the two you said because i completely agree and jordan that's what you said as well didn't you you really yeah. like the uh the reptile fight reptiles yeah, my favorite reptiles fight the, the standout for sure but mm-hmm. street fighter you can tell none of these people really know how to move very well the guy who played vega certainly has some sort of steroid cycle going on uh, he knows how to keep in shape keep it keep it tight uh, he can do a backflip but in terms of actual fisticuffs he doesn't seem to be any better than anyone else no, um, the no. guy Damian Chapa, the fellow who plays Ken, is stiff as a fucking log. Um, that when he does his his wannabe shoulder, you can, he just kind of like he just like <laughs> stands in he stands in place and just does a little twirl. And he his face, he looks embarrassed. He looks at yeah, the still frames from the video game and posed it entirely <laughs> off of that. So you know, <laughs> yeah. pretty true to life. Uh, and yeah. he's and he's like a strawberry fucking blonde. It's like, dude. Ken, Ken in 1994 just put a fucking He-Man wig on anybody and may- maybe if you really want to get technical give him my eyebrows yeah. with, with the He-Man hair that's all you have to do to make the audience be like oh I recognize that that's Ken but no th- he looks nothing guy. like him looks nothing this fucking like him guy. <laughs> like, what yeah. is this fucking guy he has a speech impediment too and it, it it's a little irksome hey like, come Mike- on now you can't be kicking <laughs> off a speech impediment Wait, does the character, does the actor actually have a speech impediment, or did he just like no, put that no. shit in he, the film? He just he just fumbles his lines like like Van Damme. Can he you has imagine a lot of if he was oh, like, okay. I was method acting? He has a no, speech he impediment. Have a speech I spoke impediment. to Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't understand. This is this is part of the lore. Yes, yeah, no, he, he just he just does mar- He has mush mouth. And yeah, like, no dude, doubt. 100%. Try harder. Like, come on, man. That guy's on the coke. That guy has the cancer. They're trying harder than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're over here looking like an accountant with a bad tie. <laughs> we've got, we've already got two C's, coke and cancer. You don't be a cunt. And he's just like, <laughs> tied it back round. Well done. There oh, we go. Way to go. And on, on, go. on me calling a guy who has a possible speech impediment a cunt, let's end it there. Let- <laughs> So, Trevor, do you want to tell people where they can find you on all the socials and a little bit about your show if you want to plug yourself here at the end? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my podcast is called Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, generally, it uh, consists of myself and my regular co-host, Kyle, uh, introducing each other to films and expanding our cinematic horizons and, in essence, catching up on our cinema. Uh, you can find us on the social medias at Catching Up on Cinema on the Instagram as well as on the Twitter at Catching Cinema. Uh, we also have a website where all the episodes are collected. It's just uh, catchinguponcinema.com. And uh, as far as I know, we're uh, available on pretty much any podcasting platform that exists. So fucking Google it, uh, including uh, <laughs> Cephalopod, although uh, yeah. my phone is still too old to actually download the app. Damn it, um, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> send you a phone. <laughs> That, that's uh, that's uh, your next Patreon goal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get yeah. Trevor a fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Man. Yes, Jordan, where can they find you? 
Uh, they can find me at the Mr. John Core. And obviously, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much for coming on, dude. It's been yes. uh, it's been enlightening. You, I, it was something. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> so many bleeps. So many bleeps. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you're going to have to bleep it as well. <laughs> Tell you what, leave that one for the impact right at the end of the episode. Go <laughs> on, has. Where can they find us in general and yourself? Uh, you can... F- you can find us everywhere at Grief Brito and absolutely every podcast app there is, especially Cephalopod. And if you want to leave a review and a rating and a subscription to all of us, including Catching Up on Cinema, please do that. You can find me at Haswild personally everywhere on all the socials. And you can find Nick at Ruthlessly Ruffles. And you can find Lucy at Lulu underscore Pew, I believe yes, is the correct the one. term, on Twitch and Twitter. Let's do this. All right. Let's get out of here. Laters, Perfect. Guys. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>